0: Welcome to Eye on the Illini. This is Mike Kegley, going to be back in just a few minutes with Kedrick Prince and Brad Sturdy to talk about the Illini's destruction of Michigan, 97 to 68. Don't go away. Are you looking to grow your business? Do that with the Illini Guys radio network by
1: advertising on the Illini Guys Sports Spectacular. The weekly two-hour syndicated show airs on more than 20 stations and is heard in six states throughout the Midwest, including Chicago, St. Louis, the Quad Cities, Peoria. Bloomington, Springfield, Champaign, Decatur, Rockford, and Quincy, just to name a few, with a reach of more than 11 million people. For information, send an email to mike at illiniGuys.com and let's work together to grow your business. That's mike at dot scom and let the power and reach of the Illini Guys network work for you do you use the expensive blue or yellow pills to charge your sex life are you thinking about it what if we can promise you the same results for less than three dollars a pill if you're paying twenty dollars a pill for the other pills you're getting taken to the cleaners our pills deliver the exact same results for less than three dollars you'll save more than sixteen dollars a pill for the same results and right now radio callers will get forty four blue or yellow pills for hundred and twenty bucks with free discreet shipping you can save more than seven hundred dollars off pharmacy prices charge your sex life now and save a ton of money call now and get your forty four pills and save over seven hundred dollars and qualify for free shipping stop overpaying and call Right now.
2: Paid for by Steel Man Pills. 800 218 4958. 800 218 4958. 800 218 4958. That's 800 218 4958.
0: And as promised, this is Mike Kegley here with Kedrick Prince. Kedrick's a little under the weather tonight, but he is still on and going to give us his thoughts. Ked, this was a, a 29 point shellacking um you have to go back you know to i don't know nineteen, nineteen fifty-two 1952 or something when illinois you know had a similar style victory it's been a while and of course obviously when they went up to uh um you know they went up to Ann Arbor a few years back but this was the the biggest win since um they beat them in 1952 by 30 the illini so what were your uh, thoughts as coming out of this game? Uh, what what did you credit this uh, this difference in the line eye performance to?
2: I, Mike, I I think they got challenged. I mean, they know they let one slip away last Saturday against Michigan State, and um, I know practice was tough for the last couple of days because he's not happy with the defense. They have to get better with that. And again, if you want to continue, you want to do what. You know they said they're going to. You have to find ways to get stops, and you have to be tougher. I mean, right underwood teams always play defense. I mean, ever since he's gotten here, he wants his teams to be able to, you know, when people compete against them. Excuse me, he wants must wants, wants to make things difficult for them. So I knew coming in today, you know, that I expected a bounce back performance. I didn't expect this. I mean, I really didn't. Um, but they came out and they, you know, they answered the bell right away. Um, Michigan was hanging early, but you know that kid number zero. He looks back in form, and I tell you, before he was, um, you know, suspended, you know, people were talking about Illinois in the final four team, and he started to get back to form, Mike. So, I mean, whoever played in Champaign tonight, maybe other than Purdue, I mean, they were probably going to lose tonight just based off what happened last Saturday.
0: Yeah, but no, I I agree with that, and. And certainly it was, you know, sometimes timing is everything. And I really felt like uh, for those fans who didn't, uh, who've been saying, you know, um, for those fans who've been saying that Illinois, you know, is just a disaster without a point guard, when when Doug isn't playing for Michigan because it's a road game, we got to see what happens when you really don't have a point guard, it was basically, they had a little bit of a high-low game with no ability to shoot from the three-point line. And that's just what we saw all game, and it was brutal to watch. So, you know, I, I think I know that, you know, maybe Domask and and having other guys help him out, it may not be a, it's not Magic Johnson or Isaiah Thomas, but Domask is still an all Big Ten player, and when he brings the ball up he can do some things to make it really, really tough on the guys who are trying to guard him. So I guess there's some perspective that needs to be had for some Illini fans.
2: You know, there is, Mike. um, You know, with with Marcus, you're asking the guy – you know, to play the point guard spot, and at the end of the day, you know, we we and I, I will say me, I'm not gonna include you. You know, made a big deal out of the point guard spot, and you know, Brad told us that, hey, yeah, you know, that he can handle the ball, and you know, most of the time though, other than push the ball in fast break, it really is a Marcus Domas, and it doesn't it doesn't seem to affect his game. I thought, like as I mentioned last week in in the podcast, um, when they lost to Michigan State, I thought fatigue was an issue. And I think Brad gave him more rest, but maybe he was listening to our podcast tonight. I, I don't our last Saturday. I, I don't know, but um, anyway, I I think this team, the way it's built, the way they share the basketball, and with Coleman Hawkins, you know his passing ability, I don't want to say the point guard spot for this team because every team situation is different. It's overrated. But hell, they what they won eighteen games in the top fifteen in the country. So you know, people, we can make a big deal out of it, and and and, and they may come to bite them in the tournament. I don't know, but I know they can defend and well. And but they get a guy in the tournament who's dead quick like Walker. Um, then yes, you know that may cause some problems. But they def- if they defend the way we know they're capable of, you know, I don't think it's going to matter.
0: Yeah, they they held Michigan to forty two percent shooting. And and let's be real honest here. This is not a sharp shooting Michigan team, but nonetheless, you 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 kept them into the low 40s. That was what Brad Underwood, you know, has been looking for is that type of effort. It's a great starting point because Illinois has two really tough road games coming up. Because Maryland is as much as as Illinois has owned Michigan. Um, you know, Brad Underwood is is. 8-0 against Juwan Howard. Maryland has presented all sorts of troubles for the Illini, and that's this Saturday on Fox, um, and and it's a 4-30 game. And then as you look next next Wednesday night, um, a 5-30 start on BTN against Penn State on the road. Those two games, they may not be, you know, the greatest teams in the world, but they've given Illinois problems. And I, I would assume that when Illinois comes in, you know, as the second place team in the big 10, they want to take a chunk out of them and see what they, you know, the, you know, both Maryland and Penn state are not going to assume that they're going to lose. And Maryland came into Illinois house and, and beat them. So uh, there's no reason to expect anything, but uh, tough games coming up and Illinois defense is going to have to travel.
2: Mike, you're 100% right. I mean, this is, it's, like I said earlier, this is gut check time. You know, Maryland has owned Illinois. I mean, we we can say, no, that's not true. I mean, I remember Brad London was first year there. I mean, when they had a hard time getting the ball in I remember sitting at press row thinking, you know, Illinois is a better team, but why in the world are they struggling with Maryland? And they always have. You know, if you go to Maryland, and you don't take them out of the game right away. it's going to be a long day. But I think now knowing you know, what Brad has done, I think he's probably set the tone, sending a message to Maryland, you better be ready to play because this team is going to be focused. I remember um, uh, during media day, I was talking to Terrence Shannon about, you know, if there was one team that he could beat on the Big Ten schedule, most of the guys said all of them. Terrence Shannon, one of the teams he mentioned was Penn State. So because – they beat them all the time because they struggle with them. So you know, this is your chance to, I think, to keep second place and to put pressure on Purdue because you know anybody can slip up. You know, there's upsets in college basketball all day, every day. So you know, anybody can be anybody can be beat. And if you take care of business yourself, then that don't happen. But I mean, they they can't lay an egg. They have to go out there and, and compete. You're not going to get calls on the road. You know they can't have stupid mistakes, but I. It's always about a better team. But Maryland coming into the season, you know, the less people forgot, they were picked to finish in the top four in the, in the division by a lot of people. So the talent's there.
0: Yeah, no, I agree. Now, just just kind of looking at some highlights tonight. We can go real quick. Terrence Shannon. Do we think he's back after this uh, thirty-one point game that he was? I don't know. I don't think he played the last eight eight minutes or so of the game, had 31 points. So he was two points off his career high. And I'll be honest, had they played him a little bit more, he might have got 40.
2: He might have got 40, Mike. And I'll tell you, he's looking more and more comfortable with his shot. I mean, you go, know, I think the game that really stood out for me with him was the Ohio State game. You can slowly see it, you know, with his shot, you know, before, you know, when you're off for a while, like if you're a shooter, good, whether it's your legs, timing, whatever. Me, as a shot doctor, as I call myself, so I thought he was aiming it. And I think now you look at him as a catch and shoot. It's a lot quicker, his release quicker, and he's not thinking about it. And he's able to get to the rim still. You know, he is going to punish people. I mean, he's averaging 20-something a game, all over 20 points a game in his last three or four games. So, and, you know, let's you ask the question, is he back? I think he had 28 against Michigan State, if I remember correctly. So, I think he had 23 against Ohio State. So I would say he is. And I'll tell you, the, the guy who's slowly starting to get back to form as well is Quincy Guerrier. I think he's another guy. When they were clicking, those two guys. And, oh, my gosh, I don't know what to say about Coleman. I mean, gee, me, Chris. But oh, anyway. I'll, I'll tell you I, what to say about
0: Coleman. I'll tell you what to say wow. about Coleman. Because I was, I was reading <laughs> on the hashtag Illini. And, uh, you know, uh, and I see – people talking about how Coleman Hawkins is going to be an NBA player. And I just have to laugh at it because over the last two years, I think yourself, myself and Brad have been the people who really have been the most supportive of Coleman Hawkins. Of course, we've all coached before, so we could kind of see all the things that he does now, all of a sudden everybody's climbing on the bandwagon here. Um, and it seems to me like they're really late to the uh party. They're, they're late to the party by about a, a year and a half if you actually understood the sport.
2: You know, Brad has talked Sturdy has mentioned multiple times and you know, we see things different, we coach different, but that doesn't mean you know one of us right or wrong. Brad's always talked about his passing ability and him making other players better. One of the things I've always talked about when he wasn't story early in his career was directing traffic, you know, just because he knew what people were supposed to be. Uh, last year, he was so frustrated because he had a bunch of young freshman point guards who didn't know the offense. You don't see that happen much this year. They know. Do you know what I saw tonight? Was when Draymond came in the game, I saw Tan Shannon do it to him. But for the most part, this team was older, which is what he wanted. You guys remember, I told you guys when the season was over, that he wanted an older team guys that have been there been through the wars and they all they've all bought into that so that makes a huge difference
0: yeah and I, and I got to be honest with you you know Kendrick Coleman has been so good at reading the court whether you know Brad's talking about his passing but you know he he used to be just a really good help defender now he's a great one-on-one and help defender um you could see all those things year and a half two years ago and I I i'm I'm glad everybody decides to show up and be supportive now brad yeah, any yeah. any any thoughts uh, you've you've just joined us any thoughts on you know how coleman hawkins uh has evolved over the last two and a half years and and man, we're finally seeing you know um we're finally seeing everybody else acknowledge what we've seen a while ago
3: <laughs> yeah. You know, Colvin's just a really good basketball player. He makes the right play, you know, 90% of the time. He, uh, The one thing he's doing, obviously, he's shooting the ball extremely well. That makes a difference. I, I think he's got confidence in his shot. and But, you know, he still gets the basket, and, and, and he can get downhill and do some things. But Kendrick mentioned that he really does direct traffic, get people in the right spot, especially against, I thought, tonight we saw that against the zone. He got guys into the right position immediately when they go zone, and then they were when Illinois would get get the ball into a certain location, whether it's in the middle or in the you know on the low block, then they would they would switch and go man to man, with some help. And so they were trying, Michigan was trying to junk up defenses, switch defenses. You know, it's the man zone type thing what they used to call it in Northwestern, the moan. Um, but um, they used to, but it was but Colin recognizes that stuff. And, and so it's like a, it's like having a point guard on the floor who's playing you know center basically so he's been great i think defensively you know we talked about help he can guard all five positions uh you know he's going to struggle against big physical guys at times because he isn't a big deal you know, he's a he's playing center but that's not the really right thing but then what he gives up maybe on the on that end he gets back on the other end because they can't guard him you know so uh but he's been fantastic at making the right play whether it's passing whether it's uh, you know, just just everything out there, you know, screening, moving, whatever. He just understands the spacing. I, I saw that tonight. Kid mentioned the directing. I saw that multiple times, especially with the young guys. Even Terrence, a couple times, he was telling Terrence where to go, um, against the zone. So that's a really he's just a really cerebral player, really smart kid.
2: Yeah, Mike, I want to add one more thing real go quick.
3: Ahead. In the tournament,
2: you know, when they play against teams that aren't familiar with them, they don't scout as well as, as well as the big teams, I think that's going to cause problems because. Like tonight, he was guarding a six foot guard tonight, like it was a seven foot center, and I think that's going to cause problems because teams aren't going to be used to having a six ten guy when Illinois switches, you know the way they do. And when you when you when your center, if that's what you want to call him, is going forward, can guard your point guard. So I I think that's going to be a nice weapon to have because teams aren't used to it. I've not I've heard a lot of people mention it. Will be Robbie Hummel, Steve bottle. I, I'm, I'm listening. Very few guys I know of six foot 10 can bring the ball on the court and guard a point guard the way he can do it. I've not seen it.
0: Yeah. I remember earlier in the season when I'm trying to think if it was Michigan state, but, but point guard went in and tried to dribble and go down the lane on Coleman and, you know, Coleman basically got him to the point where, you know, he took the, you know, he started 20 feet, one side of the basket, tried to, against him in the lane and then ended up dribbling out the other side at 20 feet. And, and, you know, I'm sure he was thinking that he could make a move on a, on a six ten guy and, you know, create some space and it just didn't happen. Um, and I think seeing him play that way was, was good. Um, Brad, what do you think the, the key was for Illini on defense tonight? Because I, I know that Michigan may not be the Michigan of old, but they really, you know, Illinois really handcuffed that team.
3: Yeah. Until they, till they subbed and fouled in the right. last eight minutes. Right. I mean, really Michigan struggled and, and, and that's, I, I thought they did a really good job of two things. I thought they did a good job of not letting them get downhill drives, straight lines. Um, they made them go side to side to try and get, you know, put them on an angle outside the, you know, on the, they still scored some points in the paint, but they did a good job of making them pushing them to on an angle instead of going straight downhill. I think there was only two times where I remember guys guy just getting a free run. Um, so I thought their guards did a better job of getting over the top of those screens and pushing those guys out and fighting through, you know, they, you know, I, they, they talk about, you know, fighting through that, or, you know, I, I don't know. They, have a, they have a phrase that they use, whatever, but, um, it's it's something that you have to do, and I think it takes a real commitment to playing on the defensive end to play that way. Uh, so I thought that was huge. I thought they did a better job of communication. Um, the first play of the game, actually, they had a miscommunication on a switch, and it really, it Michigan didn't score. They they didn't catch it, but there are things like that that happen, and there are fewer of those. And when there are fewer miscommunications, fewer mix ups, you're going to have to do a better job defensively, and if you, guys are going to score sometimes. I think sometimes, uh, we, you know, we, well, they weren't good defensive. Well, they actually were. And people get, you know, too caught up in, well, they had a dunk or they had this. Well, yes, because the other team is going to score. That's, it's college basketball. Nobody is so bad that they can't score baskets. And so you have to understand that that's part of it. And you're going to, you know, you have an elite offense. You just have to be good defensively. You don't need to have to be great.
0: Yeah, I, I think I think that's a, an interesting point, and especially, you know, it, it does, I can tell you as a fan, you you go, oh, I would prefer, you know, that, um, you know, Reed not get a couple of those easy baskets on the inside, or Edie, or Reese, you pick the big guy, but when Illinois has the ability to answer back with a three, um, those those easy baskets all of a sudden become a way to fall one point further behind.
3: Yeah, and then you have to look at the other side. Is the Illinois forced eleven turnovers tonight uh, for Michigan, which means that you know there were some of those are trying to make post-entry passes. So if you take that, okay, yeah, he the guy shoots, you know, six of eleven or something. Well, then there were three turnovers trying to post-entry him. He had a charge. He had it. You start putting that all together. That's not a very efficient way of scoring as long as you don't foul them. And and I think that's where. You know, there have been times when they foul, and you got make to the, make them take tough shots over top you. They miss, they miss, and, and you know, they're going to make some. It's just part of it. But you don't give up threes, and that was how, you know, I said that in the pregame. I said Michigan, the only way they could pull an upset was to get hot from three, so you couldn't allow them to get hot from three. And one way to do that is just don't let them get up very many threes. Um, They only got 10, 10 threes, uh attempted all night.
2: Yep. Good. Good. And I I only made one of them. You know, I know they yep. mentioned, you know, uh, about the analytics and stuff. Brad, I mean, a lot of people, we mentioned this before, doesn't, they don't understand why Dane doesn't play. And Brad is really okay with giving up twos because he thinks he can score When people think he's stupid when he says he wants to shoot 25 or 33, you know, analytically he's right. Because if you make those threes and you give up those twos, you mathematically you win the game. You know, so I get it, and teams know that they're not going to double team. Um, I just, I wish there was a way they could, you know, come back. To the fact that you know, there's some teams are taking away Marcus's booty ball, so to speak. Um, now they don't do it to Ty, because I've not seen him. Ty's able to get downhill still. I don't think he he's as effective as as Marcus is, but they've taken that part of his game away. And you know, I hope that, but and in his to his credit, excuse me. He made some remarkable passes out of that to Colin Hawkins and the 10 Shannon. So you have to pick your poison. That's why it's nice. Kinda of like having Shaq in the middle or Kofi in the middle, and you can and you got shooters. Can you imagine what Kofi would have been like you know with the team that could shoot like this?
0: Yeah, yeah, that, that that spacing, I think I think that's one of the things that people probably underestimate is the the value of spacing on the offensive end. And, you know, that, that gives you the ability to freelance, you know, once, once, uh, nobody's in the middle, all of a sudden Terrence Shannon, you don't have much help when you're trying to guard him. And if you let him shoot threes, I, the reason I said, Terrence Shannon is back is because tonight every part of his game was working. He was, he was hitting the three ball. He was, he was getting to the basket in transition and while he didn't get as many fouls as I thought he had, you know, he was four for five from the line. That's the Terrence Shannon that hits you at all three levels. And it just, it's a nightmare to guard him. And then that opens things up for Damask and, and Hawkins. And, and, and I do think, you know, you, you saw the Illini offense even with, with Harmon with some key rebounds, you know, and you had Ty Rogers picking his spots. They were a tough, tough load to, uh, to, to to handle tonight brad any anybody else jump out at you when you're looking at, at the contributors to the victory
3: well, i thought quincy garrier was better garrier was back he was looked like himself four for four two for two from three ten point seven rebounds i thought he looked like himself i saw him getting down and guarding people um he, he was better you know what i mean i thought it was a, a better uh him much more energy much more um active you know getting hands on balls whether it's tips or whatever but i i thought you saw him you know knock down a couple open shots which i think is big but also i saw you see him attacking closeouts again and doing a good job there and, and he, him playing well they ran a little they ran that same play i really love the when the some of the actions they run they're so simple um that start the second half they they run their little pistol play where they get to mask the ball on the on the uh, in the kind of in the mid post range, you know, about fifteen feet from the basket. And then they then Michigan, what they'll do is they'll put a guy the, their big guy going go in the lane, whoever's guarding Rogers. So Rogers back screens uh Garrier's guy and, and on the other side, sets a screen behind him. They they throw the cross court pass, um, and he's wide open. And then the other thing you saw them do was cut down the lane. So now you got a cut down the lane, you've got a backside screen and somebody's getting a wide open shot or a dunk every time. It's just it's virtually impossible to guard, or you let Damasco one-on-one, and that's not very effective either. So, yeah, I, I just love their what they're doing offensively.
2: I agree. And, Mike, if you ask me, I mean, I know we talked about it earlier. My pick is Terrence Shannon. I mean, I, I mean we talked about Coma Hawkins, and I think Quincy was the X Factor. I've been saying it, and I'm still going to say it. But you got a guy that didn't play the last eight minutes of the game, as we mentioned earlier, and he had 31 points. I say he's back, and they are a different team. I really want to see him go to Maryland and carry this on to Maryland and to Penn State because, like we said, those are wins. you you got to get the wins back that you lost, team that you shouldn't have lost to. You shouldn't have lost to Michigan State. You definitely shouldn't have lost to Maryland at home. you got to go get them back now.
0: Yeah, that's a good point. Brad, one other question I wanted to ask you about is, Lyny I had, had uh, 17 assists, had eleven in the first half, obviously, it dropped off in the second half as everybody was out of the game, you know, the last eight to ten minutes. Um, I thought they made they made the extra pass several times, but they also made the right pass where you found the open guy. uh any any thoughts on that as a as a guy who's coached basketball for years, and that's something that's so hard to get your teams to do.
3: Yeah, I mean, they they knew, I mean, that's the thing, and, and that's where, you know, you have a really good offensive, you have, you have good spacing, you guys were talking about spacing a minute ago, you have good spacing, it really makes it easy to, for cuts, it makes it easy for spot ups, it makes it easy to find the right guy, but even if you have great spacing, and you have guys wide open, you have to find them, right, and so, that's one of the things that's hard to do. I, I, that's one of the things I don't know. You try and teach them through film and by, through repetition, like seeing it over and over and gameplay, you know, experience. But at the same time, sometimes guys just got to get in the game and make the right read. You got some, you know, quite a few guys, you know, whether it's Hawkins or Damask, Um Shannon made some nice passes today. I even, um, uh, you, you know, Dane actually made good reads. I, I thought overall, they really did a nice job of finding the right guy and making the right play, like you mentioned. And that's something that I think is, is learned, but experience is, is the biggest teacher there. Um, and, and some guys maybe have some natural instincts or whatever, but experience is what makes those guys so good at, you know, just making the right read, making the easy pass. And even guys who are great passers sometimes when they're freshmen, they don't do that because they don't, they haven't got the experience yet. Uh, I think Moretti's a great passer. I don't think he quite sees the right guy sometimes uh, yet. Um, it's there, but it's just not. He's not at that level of experience that you have from guys like Hawkins and, and Shannon and DeMask, etc.
2: Yeah, and that's going to come with time. You know, I think you know tonight was a really good night to get some of those guys in. I know Trayvon um, got a lot of minutes. And I know his father is not happy. I mean, I, I he texted me a couple times during the game about him learning the game and when to shoot when not to shoot and. He's an aggressive kid I and mean, he's been that way his whole life and you know, but when these kids do get the opportunity, because he, he did get more minutes than he traditionally have has, you you gotta do something with it. I'm not worried about Dane. I mean, he wasn't himself tonight, but for the most part, I mean, he's been solid. Um, you know, when he gets in the game. But, you know, with Nico and like I said to you, um, with Dre, you know, when you get opportunities like this, it's not about going out trying to score fifteen, twenty points. You have to show Brad this guard, number one, unless, unless the game comes to you. And I think they're trying so hard because I know they want to be on the floor. I mean, all the kids want to be on the floor because that's why you play the game.
0: You know, one quick question, Brad. How's Hansberry's back? Um, you know, he was he was dressed, but, uh, you know, didn't get into the game. Is, is he starting to have some some pauses where he can at least get some practice time in?
3: I mean, he was working out pregame, you know, doing a lot of things. I think they don't like the contact right now. I mean, so trying to limit, you know, because, you know, the reality is, you know, you don't want to – if a guy's got issues, you don't want him to have – you don't want to make it worse. And But he was doing a lot of the – he was doing almost everything, you know, in in pregame, lefty hooks, righty hooks. But what happens a lot of times is after you get out there and you get moving in that pregame – it starts to, and you, I I think it's hard for a guy to come off the bench then if you've got those spasms issues, because you get stiff, right? And so it's very difficult to come in. You remember, we've seen guys, Larry Bird had to, he's laying on his stomach on the, on the bench. He's riding an exercise bike on the bench, all these different things guys have done over the years to try and keep that loose when they go out of the game. And sometimes when you're a sub like that, it's hard. You sit there for, you know, 15, 20 minutes, 30 minutes, you know, or whatever it is, and it's hard to then just pop up and go in there and play without causing some damage. So I think that's where he's at right now. And, you know, you know, it's, and obviously I don't know that they need him yet, but, boy, it'd be nice to have another, uh, you know, big man who has that ability if you get in some foul trouble and you need to play him.
2: Oh yeah, I I'd I have to agree with that. And I remember seeing him the last home game I saw. Him, um, I don't remember who he was against, but he had a brace on, and I know he had a a, a um a little gadget at, at the scores table that he would go up and periodically use. So I know he's getting treatment on it. And In would make mention exactly what Brad just said. You know, you don't want this to be lingering. You want to be healthy, and you want you want to look out what's best for him in his future. But what's the point of playing him right now when he's injured? And it will just make it worse, and then you know it can affect the rest of his career.
0: Yeah, no, I, I totally agree with that, Brad. Um, heck of a victory tonight, ninety-seven to sixty-eight. We've got a couple really tough games, you know, coming up. Maryland. Penn State on the road typically you know you hear those two names you're like oh yeah they're you know they're they're solid teams but but not a threat but these teams have been a problem for the Illini. any thoughts going into this uh duo of road trip uh games
3: Yeah you know there's no question that these have been kind of the um the nemesis for Brad Underwood have been Maryland it was as great as he's been against Michigan you know Juwan Howard where the hate what's he 8 no against Juan Howard Yes. So he's, he's struggled almost that level against Maryland through a couple different coaches. And now um, I, I think he said, you know, last year with, you know, they really struggled with Penn state. So I, I think that's something that these are, they can exercise some demons here. I think they, I, I think if they shoot the ball well at all, they're, they're going to win these games. I mean, if they shoot the ball, anything like they did today, they're going to win, but, you know, it's going to be, they need to shore up the defense. I don't think they can just let Reese go one-on-one because he'll draw some fouls on Hawkins. I'd like to see them, you know, post-trap, whatever it is, or do some, like some, you know, kind of digging or, you know, whatever, stunning and things like that to make it hard on him. Um And Jameer Young, in reality is if you start guard those two guys in Maryland, you're you're pretty successful and they're not a great offensive team otherwise. Uh, Penn State has, again, another dynamic point guard, Nace Baldwin, so you got to guard him. So, I think that's where you have to, you know, those are the things they have to do. And the defense, they, this is time for the put up or shut up thing. You know, um, Underwood's talked about defense now. And he said, you know, they made strides. I thought they did tonight. Now they got do to go on the road and bring that defense. Because if the defense travels, this is an elite offensive team that's going to win uh, most of their games if they guard well.
2: You can't go to Maryland and give up 80 points, 85 points, expect to win. They're going to have to guard and they're going to have to make shots. It's basic one on one. They have to do the basic things and things that they've been doing well. And they, you know, even when they lost to Michigan State, they shot the ball pretty well. They can't stop truck down the stroke you know, down the stretch. And I'm going to tell you, this may come out wrong. I want to see in the last five, six, seven minutes of the game, if teams make adjustments, I want to see them make adjustments. Because what I saw last week, and I saw Northwestern and a couple other teams go at Luke Goody. Now, he didn't play a lot tonight, but the teams are going to make adjustments. You got 17 coaches over there. I want to see some adjustments made, because that's when the game is won and lost. They only really had that game won last week, and it was one that I I know that they regret, And but and I don't know if Luke was hurt. Actually. I saw him Sunday. Um, he looked fine, but he didn't play a lot early, so I don't know if there was a reason for that, but I know they'll need him, but I don't want to see teams just physically take advantage of mismatches because I think Illinois can guard better than what they have in some of these losses.
0: And finally, uh, Brad, why don't you wrap things up for us and then Ked can give us a wrap on on his thoughts on tonight's game and we can let people go and enjoy the rest of their trip home tonight.
3: This is what you do against the last-place team in the league, right? You you take care of business and you beat them by 30, and then you you move on to the next one. I think Illinois is kind of solidifying their spot as the number two team in the Big Ten behind Purdue. I think, you know, these are – these now they got to build that resume. You know, a couple road wins, adding to that resume, beat Iowa at home. You start – you know, the next – I really feel like, you know, the next, what is it, four games um, are all games that are very winnable. Um, They're games that they really need to – you know, that, that are, are games that they're going to be favored. Um, you know, look at the analytics side, Ken Palm's got them at least a 64% favorite in every game, even at Maryland. They got to take care of business wow. in these four games. If they do that, now you're sitting in a really good spot heading to Wisconsin and then having Purdue at home um, to, to kind of, and Iowa to close the season. So this is uh this opportunity to kind of build your confidence and, Because this team is, you know, Jawan Howard said tonight they are good and they have a chance to. Said he expects them to make a run in the NCAA's and, you know, they they play a lot different than everybody else that you're going to see in the NCAA tournament. So that makes them a hard check. Nobody plays like them uh, offensively, and nobody has a guy like Shannon in transition. Nobody has nobody plays through a guy like Damask in the post and and nobody has the, the. I'll be honest with you. I don't. There aren't many teams that shoot the ball as well as they do. Uh, at multiple positions. so this is a team that has a chance, but now you got to take care of business so you get the the draw that you want.
2: I agree. Uh, my closing thing my closing remark is this Mellon has owned you. you are a, the better team. If you don't come to practice tomorrow, uh Thursday, Friday, the shoot around, whatever it is, you better be dialed in. This is, to me, you know, this game, I don't, even, I don't want to rehash it because, you know, this podcast is long, but the Illinois is a better team. You know what happened um, at the end of the last game with the handshake line. All the players know what was said. You, you're competitive. This is Division One athletics. If you come out here Saturday and you land, man, I will be very disappointed because I know this game matters, and this one should matter. You need this win because, to me, Maryland is not a team that you should have issues with, and the Penn State. I can see if it was Wisconsin or somebody like that. And Maryland traditionally has been a good team, but Illinois is is better than Maryland. And like Brad mentioned, you know, for whether it's Ken Palm, you know, going on the road, you're good enough to win. You just have to gut check and find a way to get stops when it really matters.
0: Yep, and I and I'll, I'll you know third this motion because to me, one of the things that makes really the great team's great, is that they beat the teams they're supposed to. And when you look at a schedule, you know, every year, you know, if you think about it, if you're a good team in college basketball, you've probably got out of a 30, let's just round it off, out of a 30-game season, you've probably got 22 games that you could win. And then you've got eight games of teams that I guess should win, I should say. And you've got eight games that are that are coin flips, or you're you're not favored in. So if you go take care of business, you you know you're automatically at 20, 22 and eight. And then if you, you know, win half of the coin flip teams, now you're twenty six and four, and you know you're looking at a at a top three seed as you go into the NCAA tournament. And and while there are upsets every year, you know, give me a a, a three seed, a you know a one two or a three over a 4 through an 8 any 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 year and and that's that's where Illinois has an opportunity now to make some noise and see if they can lock themselves in at a lower seed in the NCAA tournament and there's no guarantees we all saw that a few years back but boy you know if you've got one of the higher seeds it gives you a pathway that that provides opportunities for an NCAA run which is what the fighting illini program in general, and Brad Underwood specifically would love to have for the Illini this year. So stay with us, folks. And of course, as we said earlier, Illinois at Maryland, 430 Central on Fox. We will be uh, right here after the game to talk about it. And of course, IlliniGuys.com, you can get all the information you need to stay up to date. There's really not really saying anything anybody doesn't know, but there's nobody who's closer to the program than Brad Sturdy and Kedrick Prince. You want to know what's going on? AlinaGuys.com is the place to be. So for that, we will let you go. And uh, right now though, we have one minute of commercials and then we'll wrap up.
1: Whether you live in Champaign or Chicago, halfway across the country or on the other side of the world, IlliniGuys.com keeps you in the know, be it in-game results, top-level stories, or the latest behind-the-scenes info in recruiting, IlliniGuys.com has you covered. For about 25 cents a day, you can have an inside path to your favorite Illini teams and we'll even throw in a free seven-day trial to kick the tires, go to IlliniGuys.com, click the register button, and get immediate access to dozens of stories each month, message forms, free giveaways, and more. IlliniGuys.com. How is your car payment treating you? What if I told you you could make a free phone call right now and reduce your car payment by as much as $83 a month? Look at your car payment closely. Call Rate Genius now. 800-425-1161.
2: 800-425-1161. 800-425-1161.
1: That's 800-425-1161. Not all applicants qualify for a loan or rate savings. Actual offer terms, including APR, are determined at the time of your application based on creditworthiness, value of
0: the legal, loan term, and other factors. Thank you so much for listening to our podcast, and thanks to Ked and Brad for stopping by. You can catch them at aliniGuys.com their articles, and back in the message boards, all of their scoops, the rumors, the innuendos, the things they hear. There's a lot more going on than you will ever know about, and it's fun to keep up with that. Subscribe at IlliniGuys.com. We, of course, will be back later this week. Go Illini! (music)